Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got Crash Plan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. Crash Plan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Today on the show, we have Monica. She is cautiously optimistic, an introverted copywriter, who works as a marketing consultant with a mean coffee habit and serious nerd streak. She revels at the intersection between integrity and strategy, hoping to make the world a better place one word at a time. Monica has spent the last 14 years navigating the extroverted field of marketing, helping 200 clients craft their brand message and increase their sales from double to over 10 times. And we are talking about all the tips and tricks that she's learned in that journey on the episode today. So if you resonate as a fellow introverted entrepreneur who started their business to maybe escape having to ever talk to anyone ever again and realizing that, wait, oh shit, I actually have to do that in order to make sales, put my offer out there and grow my business, this episode is for you. So we're talking about how to set up boundaries, how to schedule your actual week or even lack thereof a schedule that fits your personality so that you can actually get stuff done without feeling guilty and feel like you're putting marketing and sales messaging out there that doesn't make you feel icky. Hey, Monica, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. We are so excited to chat with you today. When Abby told me the topic that we were going to be addressing, I was super into it because I think all of our listeners can relate and We want to say the primary reason we all start our business is because we had like this brilliant idea or this like passion or who we wanted to serve or what we wanted to put out there. But I feel like personally, like 98% of the reason why I started my business is because I don't do well in public and with people and like having conversations sometimes really awkward for me. Going into the office seems like something that I would dread. Small talk talking about myself or putting myself out there feels weird. So when I started my business, I don't know, in my head, I thought I would never be doing those things, but that's not true. (laughs) And I'm actually doing them probably more than I would in any other industry, I feel like, especially like chatting with, you know, friends and family who have quote unquote real jobs outside of the home. But what you do is help people figure out the magic of putting yourself out there online, even as introverts. And so I wanted to kind of pick that apart today and hopefully give our listeners some takeaways that if they're still like anxious Annie's out there about their business or talking about themselves, that maybe they can be equipped today with something. So tell me a little bit about why this topic, why, why this zone of genius for you? Oh yeah. Thanks for asking that. And I had the same experience. I've worked in offices for years and I was like, wow, this just is not working for me. And maybe being an entrepreneur and having my own business will work for me better. And it has. But then I also noticed what you noticed, which was like, oh, I was like, oh, I think I can like do it my own way if I'm out of this office space. And then I realized like the kind of the entrepreneur space, the online business space in general, there were applying the same kind of principles just in a having your own business way. 
So I noticed a gap. I was like, okay, because I love marketing. My background's in marketing. Um, I went to school for it and have been doing it ever since, which I think is like rare now where it's like mm-hmm. you do the thing that you yeah. went to school for. Like, what is that? <laughs> um, what am I using my photography degree for? <laughs> right. Which were all helpful, but I'm like, oh, I actually uh-huh. like this, which I didn't really know that I would. And then I've been doing freelance marketing and having my, my own business since I was about 22. So like 13 years now. And a few years ago, I realized that I really just like helping people with marketing and sales, which is something I kind of like avoided and like pushed away for a long time and worked on other things to avoid. And then I thought about as a true marketer, I was like, what's my like differentiator in this online business space? What can I talk about that I have experience in that I've experienced in a certain lens that would help be helpful for other people? So I really started Unsocially Inclined as like a a self-expression page, to be honest. And I wasn't really sure if it was going to turn into a business because I was doing marketing and sales consulting on the side. And it turns out a lot of people were like feeling the same way. So there was, you know, not only just like an opportunity there to have a business within that, but also to help a lot of people realize that, you know, what you see out there isn't necessarily how you need to do it, how you have to do it, that you can just be like, yeah, cool, that's your way, but that's not my way. (laughs) And it's so hard because we all see people who are successful and that's thrown in our faces a lot, you know, also. And as a copywriter, I get that and have tried to like not do that in the copy I've written for clients as well. We're just like, oh, we have to do it because this is what's successful. But this is what must be working. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. There's like several students that come to mind for me that 100% like fit this bill you're talking about and have really struggled because, you know, like anyone who jumps into business, you pay attention to what lands on your plate first, right? You pay attention to what you find on social media or what you what blog post you land on, on Pinterest or Google. And then you start to perceive that the whole world in this niche or whatever looks this way, and that you must mold yourself into XYZ because you feel the need to fit in because we've been taught our whole lives we're supposed to fit in instead of stand out. And the students I know specifically who've really just said, F that. (laughs) I'm going to like show up 100% as myself. Lynn is a great example for me. She's, She's an artist. She actually spent the first part of her career in Broadway stage makeup And she wanted to start working from home, but was really overwhelmed of like, how am I going to get jobs? How am I going to get business? I want to be an artist. My art is not for everyone. My art leans towards like a fantasy reader or a bit more nerdy or whatever, right? And she's like, all these other artists are doing this kind of work. How am I going to stand out? Spoiler alert. She's exactly herself and she's been so successful and her work is so specific, but that's amazing because it's for her kind of people. And I love seeing when people can step into that. But for someone who's feeling like they have to fit a mold to like function, what would you say to them? How would you talk to them about being more themselves? Oh, yeah. That's a great question. And I love that like being herself was what worked and her art because I I follow and work with a business coach. Her name's Rachel Turner on Instagram. And she's always like business is art. And that's like, oh, that's what I feel like so much is that business is art. So even if you're not selling art, your business is your art and you're really attached to it. And you can be unattached to results, but you can't really be unattached to the art you're putting into the world. Right. So if someone's feeling, yeah, like they need to fit a mold, I think kind of I don't know. I think my first question that I would ask them is, does it feel good to fit their mold? Because growing up really, really quiet and I'm not so shy now, but I was when I was younger. And that's that's a a stereotype for introverts, right? Not all of us are shy. It's a whole is an energy thing, not a shy or not shy or socially awkward thing. But I was super shy when I was growing up. And I got all these messages either directly or indirectly that I was doing it wrong, whatever it was, because I was that way or because I wanted to spend more alone time or alone time or because I didn't want to do these things. And when I when I was trying to fit their mold, I just like never felt good, even if success felt my way and I came my way. And I think 
what feels good to you and what your version of success is, is a big question to ask while you're trying to fit someone else's mold. I mean, I've spent thousands of dollars on programs where like a quarter or halfway through, I was like, oh, this is not what I want to do. <laughs> yeah. Same. Same. Yeah. Yep. Abby and I have done that here at Boss Project of, you know, because I feel like it's that balance of like, you want to learn something new. And in your head, you're like, I feel like I need to learn from a different person in order to grow. And there is a time and place for that. Absolutely. And then there's the realization that you're trying to follow a roadmap or a plan of action or completely alter your business to run it in a way that just doesn't feel good anymore and doesn't feel in alignment. It's not that it's wrong. It works for other people or other personalities or other you know products or whatever it might be. But I think that realization has come late sometimes for us And we're perfecting the skill now to have it come like instantly, like at the very top of not only is this something someone we want to invest in, but is it something we want to be spending our time on? Is it something we want to offer? Is it something we want to say or do? And I think as obviously as you do it more, like that skill gets easier, but I think recognizing in yourself that while there is no wrong way to do it. I think if you understand what you do and don't want to do because of those boundaries of your personality will help you filter out decisions a lot faster. Absolutely. I agree. And I think, you know, something that will hopefully be more of a thing soon is online business world being a little more transparent about how these things, how this success comes about. (laughs) I think also I try my best to be like, hey, I've been in marketing for almost 14 years. So I get clients like 95% off referral. And that's because of that's the reality. And I can teach you some ways that I've helped other clients, but that's my business model. So I'm not going to teach you my exact model that's going to be successful for you. Having that transparency and clarity, I think will really help people have that ability, like you said, quicker to be like, okay, this is for me or this isn't for me, but also feel better about their investments and that they're not being promised all these things to be put in a one size fits all box. Right. The most tactical thing for me that's helped, especially with the like learning from others, is really looking at, you know, they say like, don't take advice from from someone you wouldn't want their life. Like in the same way, like if you don't like the way they run your business, like why are you looking at the strategy they use for growth or whatever? Like if you're not in alignment with their lifestyle, that's usually a red flag that how they got there is not going to work for you. And not that you always can tell. I mean, you have to be mindful, but a lot of people don't share their whole life story on social media. And so you're just kind of having to read between the lines. But Emily and I joke, but are really serious about it. We're we're the laziest productive people you will (laughs) ever meet. If we can get it done in five minutes instead of five hours, we will. And I like living my life more than I like working. Not that I don't love work. I, I'm i obsessed with work. I could work on ideas all the time. But like drinking coffee and watching TikTok at my kitchen counter for an hour <laughs> before I do anything else yes. sounds pretty great to me. So oh my gosh, you can love me. Totally that, you can love me into that laziest, like productive. <laughs> so great. there. So there. Um, yeah, because it's just like, you know, I didn't start a business to work all the time. That's not the goal. It's interesting when I started, I have a membership called the Quiet Rebel Society for introverted entrepreneurs. And it's, you know, usually people who are just starting out because it's really hard to get over that hump of one visibility, but also sales. And Mm -hmm. I asked people after they enrolled after the first launch, like, hey, what made you want to join this membership just for market research? Right. I was like, was it the testimonials for people I've helped? Was it what was included? Like, let like, let me know. And honestly, like 90% of people said it was just because they could see me doing this differently as an example for them to do things the way that they wanted to do. And I was like, wow, yeah. that spoke, spoke volumes to me that people just need more visibility of that in itself. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I think that's the thing that we have figured out here at Boss Project and with our signature program of really figuring out how do we show up as ourselves for our clients, our students, our members, wh- whoever, whatever it is that you guys have in a way that feels good for you and can showcase the proof that you doing it differently does work. And I feel like when we talk to our students who are 
really hesitant to share anything about themselves online, that's the foundation that we try to go back to is it's not to be the person posing in front of your Lambo. Like that's <laughs> no. not that's not how you have to show up online. And that's not the purpose of the photo or the story of your weekend or whatever it may be. Find the balance of what, yes, what you do want to share and what feels good for you. And also know that the power of like a little peep behind the scenes has in trust in your clients and customers in proving the concept. And I think it's it means a lot more for people than we think. So I want to talk a little bit about that initial, like a lot of our students who are wanting to start their businesses or grow are just starting like socially or creating content from scratch for the first time. And they're really anxious about how to get it out there, how to tell people about it in a way that like doesn't make them want to throw up every time they hit publish. So do you have any strategies for them of mindset, exercises, techniques, whatever that you walk your audience through? First, I always ask people because they're like, oh, I don't want to sound like annoying or that I'm pushy or that I'm all these things, right? Yeah. Yeah. Or that I'm over communicating, which we almost never are. (laughs) Almost never (laughs) are. (laughs) Um, And so I asked them, I'm like, okay, cool. Because there probably are some people online where we're like, oh, that does make me want to throw up when we see it. And then yeah, that probably happens. And it's that's okay. It's not for us. Maybe it's for them and who they're selling to. That's totally fine. So I asked people, I'm like, will you join this? Or you just bought this? Like when people, when I was communicating this or when I was talking about it, when I was putting it out there for you, did you feel annoyed by me? Did you think I was pushy for talking about it? And they're like, well, no. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> you're probably, oh, yeah. There, no one is probably, and if they do, then that's usually some kind of projection they're within. Scroll they're going to scroll or, <laughs> yeah. or, whatever. or whatever. Unsubscribe, <laughs> which is also totally okay. Unsubscribes yeah. happen all the time. Or they're just maybe projecting something from inside them onto you. That's also fine. You know, it's like you. And so I asked them that. Usually they're like, oh, okay, yeah, I wasn't annoyed by your thing. I'm like, okay, cool. But also, I think there's this thing where the smoke and mirrors went to like another extreme of this like intense vulnerability online, which yeah. is, yes. yeah, which is, you know, is fine depending fine on what it's done. It's fine for some it people. It doesn't work for me. <laughs> it doesn't work for everyone. And I get that too, where people are like, I'm kind of a private person. And like, I'm also a private person. I don't, I don't like to share my feelings with a lot of people. I like to tell my clients, like your level of vulnerability online and your captions does not define your humanness at all. Yes. It has nothing yes. to do with it. <laughs> so, right. I tell them to write like two columns, like what's what they want to share online and what's off limits and what's only for them. So I think that like kind of it's a simple exercise, but it starts those boundaries with your online content. Like for me, I'm like, okay, my relationship stuff, my health, my family off limits. That's just for me. And then the other side, I'm like, okay, well, like I share my travel adventures. I share my best friend because she has a business and we do things together. I share my cats because it's kind of part of my branding. (laughs) I share, you know, I share the coffee shops I go to and these like little highlights that do let people into your world, but don't like unlock the door for them to be like in your feelings or your like psyche, you know, (laughs) I think is the boundary for me and a lot of my clients. So I'm like, Define that boundary for you and then start sharing the things that are that are cool, cool for you to share. Right. I was the person who literally had to go to therapy to figure this out. I know this sounds absolutely crazy, but I've I've by nature always been a very vulnerable person, put my heart on my sleeve. I'm not unwilling to share any. I am now, but like for a long time, I would have just told you anything about anything, anytime, no filter. I think part of it was like some trauma induced stuff back in the day, but we're not going there. What I am saying is that in the same way you might set boundaries with a person on, you know, they're your person that you go to to strategize business ideas. You also have to like think about your audience as if they were one person. Like, I think if you try to lump them all together, it gets confusing in your head about like how you would talk to them. But if you can think about them, okay, they're like this potential client. Can we name that person? What would you tell them in a meeting or casually if you ran into them? And what would be weird? (laughs) And I think that I think that can help draw the boundary. Sometimes you can break your own rules. Like you can say, Oh, I'm never going to talk about 
health or family and then priorities change or like your world gets turned upside down and you get to change the rules. So like, I don't think these things have to be something you do forever. How does that translate though, when we start talking about having a sales conversation, I get that there's a difference between integrity, authenticity, and vulnerability. But like, when you start looking at how to actually convert to sales, what would you change? Or like, where is your messaging coming from at that point? Yeah, that's a great question. And also, I just like, I love what you said on how how things can change, because I think in marketing and messaging, marketing and sales, these things are always a work in progress. Like you don't set them and forget them forever. Like I've even helped clients with evergreen things and I'm in there like every quarter changing things to see what's working. So that's just like a great point that I think everyone, you know, is valuable to hear. Like I had a a friend and client the other day that was like, oh, so you're saying like marketing is mostly just trying things. I'm like, yes, that's pretty much it. (laughs) And That's literally it. You got to measure it and reflect (laughs) on it and see what's working and then go back. But yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Um, So I think it was really insightful for me to know that not everyone knows that, you know, and I think sometimes I forget because I came up in marketing that this online business space is not, that's not understood all the time. So when it comes to messaging and sales and, and how that differs, I mean, for me, I think a lot of people that come to me and it sounds like to you too, are like, I don't want to be pushy. And when they've been told to sell on a sales call, it's like, you know, they've been told a few things, I don't know, <laughs> but a few things like maybe like get their credit card information on the phone or push back on their objections, which I want to say there's like a lot of things that like, not everything's black and white, things hold nuance and like, truth can be can happen at the same time. I don't think like pushing back handling objections can be just be in, being inquiring and curious about what it is that's like, you know, holding them back and not being like manipulative <laughs> around it. So I think, you know, these things aren't black and white. But for me, you know, when it comes to sales conversations, I don't even call them sales calls. I call them vibe checks. I'm like, hey, I want you to vibe with me if we're going to work together, you know, and I want to vibe with I you. Like that. I, yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. It- I definitely, if you're okay with it, stealing. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't even know if like I coined it. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to say <laughs> I coined it. <laughs> I think I'm probably not the first person in the world to say vibe check. But it is kind of just like, yeah, it's like I want to see because it's a, you know, it's like an interview. Like, I want to see if I want to work with you too. For me, it's just kind of, I I tell my clients on, I'm like, if you're going to have a sales call, tell the person in the beginning or ask the person in the beginning, not tell them, ask them like, hey, we're going to talk for whatever the time is, 15 to 20 minutes. I'm going to see what you need or I'm going to explain like, you know, what's going on here. And then I'm going to offer you a few options at the end for us to work together if it makes sense. Like, is that okay with you? And it's that like consent piece that I think just like turns the whole thing around. Once you have consent, to sell, it's not so much selling anymore. And it's definitely not pushy. And then at the end, you know, if they're like, my strategy is to send everything in an email, so they have time to digest that information. But you know, some people like to like sell on the call. And that's okay. But I think if people are in on the call, awesome, (laughs) you know, Um, but if people aren't, I'm like, you know, give them an email with all the details, follow up, support them, ask them if they have any other questions. Like this is really, I think when people are pressured into a decision, the relationship, the client, you know, relationship ends up being like tainted from the beginning. And you have this pressure on yourself to deliver these results that you're not like 100% sure you can, because also it's not totally dependent on you and it shouldn't be a dependent relationship. So I think that's like my strategy. And when, when people see the options and then are like, yeah, I'm in, it always ends up better than me being like, hey, like, here's like some like package that's like, you know, kind of clear, but not super clear. Are you in, you know, and then they're like, what's going on? (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Any sort of better communication foundation from the beginning is going to lead to a healthier client relationship. Going back to a little bit about what we were talking about, I know we were giving permission of like, you can change what the things that you're going to share. I also feel like if the point wasn't made, because I just learned this lesson like a couple months ago, you can decide that something's okay to share online. And then if you do it, you don't like the response, you can like never do that again. For sure. Because there's there's been a couple of times like in my personal brand where I'm like, 
maybe, and I'll talk about it. And then I just get like a flood of feedback that I just did not ask for. And I'm like, Ooh, this is not the relationship I wanted to have with you guys. So now I know I'm not going to share this type of shit ever again with you. mm -hmm. That's so true. And I do. Oh man. That is like something I tell people all the time too. And I think it's that back to that, like, you know, marketing, I've been in it so long, sometimes I forget that social media is a great place because it's so like accessible. You can start something right away. You don't have to put a lot of like money into it. But I think now it's become the center of like marketing online. For me coming up in it, I'm like, oh, this is a place we like test things to see if they'll work in like other like yeah. higher risk platforms. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I yeah, I think that's a that's hard when it's kind of the only place you're selling from. And I'll just like throw this in real quick, like have an email list definitely if you're only on social media (laughs) yeah yeah like no shame if you haven't done it but if you haven't like think about it because yeah it's so important (laughs) it's so important yes but having social media as the place to test those things is so valuable and I think it's kind of detaching yourself from those results again which is hard because it is you that you're putting out there especially if it's a personal brand everyone's consuming you and your content in little like bits and bites. And it's, it depends on where they're at in their life. It depends on the type of day they're having. It depends on all these things. And I relate it back to being, I was a server for 15 years at restaurants. And, you know, when people were like super rude to me or whatever, I had to be like, okay, you know, unless I really messed up, I had to be like, okay, this is not about me. Like, this is not about me. Yeah. 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 So like remembering that, social media is a place to test things. You never have to do it again. If you have content buckets or themes that you use, you can ditch them at any time if they're not working or relating to your goal, which is the main thing, your goal as your business and your sales, because that's what's going to give you the life you've been like longing for this whole time. Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low-ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low-ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get 
get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. Now, I want to just like remind the room that like, this is me making assumptions about extroverted people, sure. but... I'm not one of them, but I'm just going to assume the people you see that are only using social media as their only selling tool are probably extroverted. Mm. For me, for years, years, multiple years, social media was not the place I converted sales. It might have helped like nurture or like give people a sneak into my personality or like give me a moment to talk about other things I was doing, but it was not the conversion tool for me because I'm an awkward fucking turtle. Okay. (laughs) Like I'm just not, I don't know what to do with that information. And I'm not the kind of person that's going to say all the right things. So someone swipes up and spends $2,000. Like that's just not how it's going to work. I have later on, figured out how I can remain authentic and have conversations in the DMs that convert to sales. But I think over a certain price point, I would stop feeling comfortable with that and need to change channels, need to move to a call or move to a webinar or something like that, where I can give someone more of a presentation so that I feel in alignment with making this sale. You know, it's less about them. Most of the time, people don't need nearly as much information as you're throwing at them to make a decision. You have to be careful. There's a line of like, share because they need to know the things. Like you said, there's not oversharing, but I do think there's a sense of like, over explaining or trying to justify what you're doing that doesn't need to happen. And I think there's a big difference between being consistent in your messaging and constantly trying to justify what you're doing or your prices or whatever. Ooh, yeah, there's a big difference there for sure. And I would agree. I think a lot of people who are selling purely in social media and can be on there all the time, because to me, there's no difference between being around a lot of people. And this is not for this is I'm not speaking for every introvert. But for me, being around a lot of people and being on people's social media platforms, even though I'm not around them, is just as draining. Like, I'm not like, <laughs> I can't do it. Like, I can't be there all the time with everyone else's like, stories and voices in my head. Like, it's just too much. And I agree. Like, for me, it's an acquisition and a nurture platform. Instagram is like people find me there. And then like, I nurture them with content that I put there. But for the most part, conversions happen on email. And they happen in person when that was a thing (laughs) or Or they happen. Yeah. In like a vibe check call or something like that. And I, and you're, I think you're spot on with the prices too. Like my membership is the only place where like conversions have just happened from social media because it's a lower price point product, but selling like huge marketing packages there where I'm doing like a marketing plan for a year and all this stuff is like, no, I've never sold one from Instagram. (laughs) Absolutely not. And that doesn't mean you're failing, by the way, either. Right. Good. Like, I think people think, oh, if I can't sell it here, then I've... No, it's just you got to figure out what you're comfortable with yeah. and what is in alignment for you, which is what we're trying to to drill into <laughs> y'all's head, that if you focus on things that feel good, it takes away the, like, creepiness of some of oh, it. Oh, yeah, because <laughs> it's only... Like, I feel like it's most of the time, if you feel like it's you're being... Like, you'll know when you're being sleazy. I have so many people in my membership that are like, can you do a talk on, like, manipulative marketing? And I did, but I also, but also at the end of that presentation, I was like, to be honest... I follow all of y'all and I see your content and none of you are doing this stuff. <laughs> so, yeah. Like Most people who are afraid of it are not doing it. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. Yes. Total aside, but I think you guys would nerd out on it. There is a whole deep dive on the podcast, Be There in Five, around cults, uh, <laughs> manipulative marketing. It's like a five-hour deep dive into all of it. But one of her points that I really love is that tools 
when used with purpose can save someone or kill someone. So for example, like a surgeon may use a knife to like perform an operation that saves someone's life, someone's life, or someone could literally stab you to death. So like a tool, <laughs> the tool, I know that sounds crazy, but I if you think about it, the pull out quote we use on social media for this stop, episode. Stop, stop, stop. No. Okay. <laughs> but the same tool that I think the biggest one I see a lot that's like talked about with controversy is like NLP and there is an incredible way to use NLP and mindset work and and even some like therapy practices to really unlock things inside people in a really valuable impactful way you can also manipulate people into doing things they don't want to do and cause long-term damage and trauma. But I'm going to guess if you're listening to this podcast, you'd be so scared shitless to ever do any of that stuff that that's not what's happening. So (laughs) the people who are doing it are not thinking about if they're, if they're doing that or not. I have a feeling. (laughs) Yeah. I just want to kind of brainstorm for a second. I feel like you know, the beginning of this conversation, we were talking about specifically with like marketing and strategy techniques of what we feel like we should do because that's what other people are doing or that's how other people are getting successful. Well, I also feel like as introverts, we let that leak into also how we should spend our day. And if we choose to spend our day or work in a different way that we're lazy or we're not trying hard enough or we're not giving it enough attention, because those are all things that I've told myself. And it's taken years of being a business owner for me to give myself permission to take the breaks I need to take or work in the way that I need to work. So I would love to hear from you, not only for you personally, but if you have ideas from other students of yours of just like, maybe instead of this, try this. And it just fuels you instead of drains you and just like help our listeners get some permission, I guess. I love that prompt question. I am, oh my (laughs) gosh, I am so not a scheduling person. I'm not a scheduler. And it's been just like schedule, 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 block, time block. Dude, I cannot creativity time block. I can't do it. No, it's not a thing. No. (laughs) I wrote a blog post about it in like 2015 of why time blocking is garbage. It's garbage. I can't like, and if it works for you, cool, but don't put it on other people because it doesn't work for some of us. (laughs) Like, and like to be a little bit vulnerable here, like I've been diagnosed with ADHD and generalized anxiety Mm -hmm. and I do struggle Mm -hmm. with depression. So these these are not things that are always on my, my schedule can always be like, Hey, <laughs> like we're ready to do these hey. things. <laughs> yeah. Let's be creative. Um, no. And that's all I do is like strategize and be creative and like all day. And I try to keep calls to a minimum because that's the one thing. So I've done things where it's like, no, I don't have a weekly call with clients if I don't need to, like, that's not a thing for me. So I think, you know, if I can empower anyone else to do that, please do because, you know, there are plenty of communication places where you can do that. I always check in with my clients to make sure it's okay and that's okay with them. But if I can have just like three calls in a package or a monthly call, like that's what I do because it's so draining and those pile up so fast. I've tried to like, oh, only keep calls on this day or this day. That doesn't work for me either. Theme days don't work for me either. I've tried that too. (laughs) It doesn't work for me. What I do is for reference, I have really good boundaries with my work. My friends joke that I came out of the womb with boundaries. I just like don't want people in my shit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which sometimes can come off as like, you know, cold or whatever. So I've worked on that. You know, I leave the time open, like unless I'm spending time with like my boyfriend, Tom, or like I have plans, like personally, I'll be like, if something strikes me at 8 p.m. at night, I don't just like let it go. I'm like, oh, if I can get this done in an hour right now, like I'm going to do it because I have it. I have like a very high and low personality. So I can get a lot done in a fast amount of time. And so I think the real like breaking point was stopping to stop shaming myself about it because I was like, why can't I work like other people? And like at office jobs, oh my gosh, y'all. I probably worked like 10 hours a week. I can't even. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And then I was like, oh, is it bad if I can do this in this much amount of time? Because before it was like people wanted you to charge hourly. And I was like, hey, I'm not charging hourly anymore. I'm not doing that because I can do this in two hours. But that's not what it costs. That's not what the value is, you know. So I think it's really not. Li- I mean, sometimes I just have to stop listening to anyone is like the first step. (laughs) Like when it comes to scheduling or pricing or how you work or how you do business. If you really like some people in business, I think keep following them, but don't keep consuming content based on what you should do. Because if you just keep going in and seeing it, you're going to get 
like just off the rails a little bit every time. Yeah. Yeah. So not consuming all that content, not listening to other people and really like listening more to like my body and when I feel good doing work. And I've noticed that like in the app, I don't like, you know, the mornings like I can do work, but I get I get started a little slow. So like calls are cool in the morning because I don't have to be like super sharp for them. It's fine. I can just be there. And in the afternoon, I'm like, I take a few hours and I'm like, okay, what can I do today? Unless something's like super pressing and I have to do it. And then it's just like, well, you just have to do this. This is just a non-choice right now. Sorry. (laughs) I just like see what is on my list and what I can tackle that afternoon, what feels fun to me. And then I just like go for those things. I don't take off weekends necessarily. I like taking days off in the week. So I just like kind of take off. It's really this is like not actionable, I feel like, because I'm just so willy nilly with everything I do. My plan is literally not having a plan. (laughs) But there's freedom to that. No, that's so true. Some people crave that and they feel like it's not okay. And I think we need to give more people permission to show up the way that makes sense for them. I think the listening to your body thing like literally changed my life. I stopping when I have a headache was like the best mental shift I ever made because I would force my way through stuff and then feel worse for days sometimes afterwards. And, you know, oh, I need a break or I need five minutes to walk outside, like just little things that just give you that breath of fresh air, even mentally, like. I think can make such a shift in people's days. And I want to encourage you in the same way that you would experiment with marketing, you should experiment with how you work and where best you work. I I never learned that I prefer dead silence (laughs) and sunshine Uh without trying to work in a busy coffee shop and wanting to like stab the barista. Oh my God. I I cannot work in coffee shops either. I'm like, leave me alone. (sighs) I put a soundtrack in my head, like, or like scores, movie scores, like no lyrics, just like movie scores. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, like Harry Potter or like Batman Begins. (laughs) I can't, I can't think when there's lyrics. I can't either. I I can cook when there's lyrics or words, but I can't. I think brains are so funny because I go to the coffee shop specifically to write. And that's the only time I can do writing. If it's too quiet at home, I will get so distracted and I forget how to form sentences on paper. But at the coffee shop, I can like whip out everything. But that's the only kind of work I can do at the coffee shop. That's it. Oh, my gosh. Well, I'm sorry for you in this pandemic because you probably had to spend a lot of time at home. So coffee shop sounds on Spotify have been like my best friend. I literally just put it on Google Home and I like make myself a latte and I sit where I don't normally work to try to like mix up my environment and trick my brain. That's a great tip. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah, I think you're so right. Like experiment, like it's just trying things. It's all just trying things. And then you're like, nope, that didn't work. I can't do it that way. And I have like um, my best friend and I live together and we both have our own businesses. And sometimes I'm like, cool, that's how you work. That can't be how I work. So I have to like separate myself from this situation right now. Yeah. 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 Well, you specifically saying like, I can't batch all my meetings on one day. I'm the kind of person that if I have a meeting, nothing else gets done. I can't do anything else. Because I like have all this like anticipatory anxiety around it, sort of like having a doctor's appointment at 2 p.m. You've all been there, especially if you're an introvert. You're like at 10 a.m. Like, okay, I got to get four hours. I have to like get ready. I got to get my car car. this time. Do I need to go get a Diet Coke? Probably is the answer always. (laughs) If I have a meeting, that's how I treat my whole day. And so I only have one day I have meetings. But like for whatever reason, podcasts don't feel the same way to me because I'm just chit-chatting with friends. <laughs> and so I don't get the same level of like anxiousness around feeling prepared or whatever, which is goofy because I probably should be more prepared. I can work until the minute before we hit record and my brain is yeah. fine. But oh, yeah, yeah, a meeting is the same. It's weird. Luckily for us and for Abby and I, we work very similarly. And so our weekdays can be scheduled accordingly, but Mm -hmm. let's head into talk strategy. And I would love for you to kind of recap or any tip or trick that we haven't covered yet for our listeners who are like, okay, I'm ready to like put myself out there and set boundaries and try things. What do they need to be thinking about or doing to just crush it? 
Yeah, I love this. Also, yeah, I just want to from the the last segment I'm talking about time, just I love that point of just trying things because it's just like marketing. And I think as a person in highs and lows, why I can't have a schedule is like when I'm in lows, I can't do as much as when I'm in highs. So just like thinking about maybe your schedule doesn't look the same every week. Exactly. (laughs) Also, yeah. And strategy wise. Yes. So I know we haven't talked about this yet, but I do want to talk about for a second brand messaging because I it's just so important. And every time I do it for someone who has these, not not blocks, but like tendencies that we all have where we're like, oh, I feel unclear. And then I think other people feel, un- feel unclear and I don't want to be visible because I don't feel confident in what I'm talking about and those types of thoughts and feelings. Brand messaging, I think sometimes feels unattainable for people, but really it's just something that gets you on the same page with yourself and your business. And when you go out to talk about it, it's just game changer. I mean, there are lots of templates and things out there. I have one and we'll give the details for you to find me at the end. But it's just once you have that brand messaging that you can just repeat over and over again. And I want to tell people branding and marketing are an exercise in repetition. And I think a lot of times we think we need to reinvent the wheel and write new stuff. No, no. Really no, don't. don't do really just don't. don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> like just keep repeating. People need I mean yes. seven is that number that everyone's like, people need to see seven times before. Honestly, with the oversaturation of what we have now, I can't imagine it's not exponentially more. It's like twenty seven hundred. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> At this point. Like, don't say different things. Say the same thing all say the, the time. Thing. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So that's like one. That's that's where I start with clients a lot of the time is even if it's like a brand message light, even if it's just like a little bit of like a mission and vision and your like elevator pitch and your core values and like your who your ideal clients are, even if it's just that, it helps so much to write, you know, your Instagram bio, to write your website, to write all these things. And then you'll feel more in line with yourself and what you want to do with your business, which is like a huge first step to being like, okay, now I'm ready. Now I can do this without feeling confused and fearing that I'll confuse other people when I talk about stuff. Well, I feel like it's easier to to rely once you have created your own template of what those words or messaging could be, like when you're panic stressing about what to post or what to say or how to say, just like literally copy what you already have made and do it again. Like just use that. Say it louder for everyone in the back. (laughs) (laughs) You don't have to come up with the brilliant ideas every day. No. In fact, I looked at my Instagram like a year or a year and a half ago, and I was like, dude, these are some good captions. I'm about to copy and paste these and use them again. We just just reused the email. Abby, how old was that email? I found an email. I don't even know. It was like like the marketing universe said, use me, use me. (laughs) I I opened my email. I kid you not. It jumped to an email we wrote in 2017. How I navigated there, I have no idea. I just happened to read the email and I was like, this is fantastic. It was so good. I sent it to Emily and I said, we should use this again. She was was like, like, okay. Thank you, past self. That was a good email you wrote. (laughs) I love it. I'm on a few email lists now where I'm like seeing the cycle now. And I was like, oh, I recognize that email. Oh, I recognize that subject line. Most people don't. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's only marketing brands you do. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Most people don't. No, no, no. Yeah. Thank you for for clarifying that. I'm only just because I'm a marketer. I notice all those things. Most people will never, yes. never, never notice. And honestly, even if they do, they're just like, "Oh, what a great reminder of this thing that exactly. I want." <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So then, like the second step in the strategy that I I um, ask my clients, I think a lot of people tend to not ask this question of themselves, which is so helpful. Which is like, where have past clients or customers come from already? Please, for the love of Dumbledore, if you do not <laughs> ask yourself this. Do it today. Right now. And then message me on Instagram what the answer was. Yes. So, so helpful. And then you have a percentage. You have a percentage yes. in your mind of where to spend your time even. Yeah. It's so... <laughs> yes. It tells you everything you need to know. If you don't if you don't listen to us, at least listen to Monica. <laughs> we yell about this all oh my the time. God. It's such a thing too, right? Where you'll say it a million times and then someone will just come yes. in and say it once that's not you. And you're like, wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> happy to be that person right now <laughs> it's so 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 like helpful I think like for me and for introverts everywhere that I've told this to it's such a permission slip to, to where you should spend time but it's also a permission yes. slip to where you can stop spending so much yes. time which Cut is it. amazing you don't need to be on TikTok baby no <laughs> no <laughs> I'll watch it all day, but I'm not. (laughs) Uh Absolutely. 
all day. <laughs> but no, it's a lot. My best friend likes to call TikTok my TikTok bedtime lullaby because I'll watch it before I go to bed. <laughs> Just like not recommended by most doctors to stare at a screen before you go to sleep. But it's fine for me. So <laughs> not recommending uh-huh. necessarily. <laughs> Yeah, they're my, I call them my nighttime tiki-talkies. Yes, yes, nighttime Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) tiki-talkies. Everyone I know gets like texts for like TikTok links at like 11 o'clock at night. (laughs) It's amazing. Um, But ask yourself that question because that is, that is it. And then you'll know where to go for this next strategy, which is like, you know, there's more, you know, there's more to do, but this is pretty much like, messaging where your clients or customers coming from and this next one, which is what is the marketing frequency that is sustainable for you and start doing that. (laughs) What a concept. I just got chills. (laughs) That's pretty much the bones of it. (laughs) (laughs) So Monica is going to be taking over the strategy (laughs) hour podcast. (laughs) And then a bonus one, offer your offer a lot. Just, yes, I'm just saying, please, 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 please. For the love of Dumbledore, like you said. (laughs) Please offer your offer a lot. But yeah, the marketing frequency, I think a lot of people, like a lot of people came to my membership and were like, oh my gosh, everyone's telling me I have to be on Instagram every day and stories every day. And I have to do this and I have to send like 15 emails when I launch. And I'm like, cool. Yeah, you can do that, but you absolutely do not have to. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you absolutely do not have to do that. And I think we already have the tools. We already know our shit. We know what we have to offer. And we just need to figure out how to show up in a way that feels comfortable. Well, I know after this episode, everyone's going to want to hang out with Monica. (laughs) So like, where do they go? How do they find you? Where should they go from here? Yes, I would love to hang out with y'all. I love it. You can find me on Instagram and at unsocially inclined. You'll notice I don't post a lot of content on there because, like I said, I have 94% of 95% of people coming from referrals, but I am there. So if you want to DM me and chat, please do. My website is unsociallyinclined.com. You can get a great PDF there about busting marketing myths and things that you don't have to do, which is super fun. And I also have a podcast with a fellow copywriter and marketer called Business Without the Butts. So you can hang out over there too. love it obsessed (laughs) thank you so much for being here today i had a blast i hope you did too i did thank you for having me this was awesome looking to elevate your brand without the headache join the co-op our creative template shop membership with thousands of easy to customize templates all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics we make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless we're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor, to get podcast updates and all the behind the scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show, but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.